You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From the local lanes to the PBA Tour, bowling fans, welcome to the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show. Presented by the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Associates. Now, here's your host, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome in, Castle Lane, Spare Time Bowling Show here on The Fan. Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, along with the aforementioned Dwight Albrecht. And, of course, along with Dwight, we always have this guy joining us. Phil Brylo joins us today on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. How are you doing, Phil? Pretty good this morning down here in Fairline. Uh, not too bad of weather. We've been uh, putting up more snow. I think I've seen more snow here in Akron area this week than I've seen uh, back home in Milwaukee all winter long. Well, if you were here, you would have woke up to about three inches of snow this morning with snow still falling. Ah, we've got freezing rain this morning into this afternoon, so I'd rather take the snow. Yeah, freezing rain's not fun either, no. I guess. Uh, so how's it been uh, for qualifying? How have the crowds been? Obviously, we have a live show uh, today, so that'll be fun to watch mm-hmm. on TV later at noon on ESPN. Well, I'll tell you what, you can you can slap a coat of paint on an old building and, and not take away the nostalgia. Uh, the fans have come out in force this week in Fairlawn at AMF Revere Lanes. Uh, yesterday, they had three pro-am, 40 lane center, three full pro am squads. And the neat part about that was probably half the bowlers on each squad were high school age kids or younger. So the, the fans have really come out and support of the PBA. The, the pros loved the pro ams last night. I was hanging out with them for a while. And uh, it, it's been a really neat, nostalgic week here in, in uh, the Akron area. You have the fans, obviously, out in Maine that go crazy and wild. And then you have fans that I've seen on Facebook and social media all week that have the word that I keep thinking about when I'm watching the clips is the word respect and how much respect the fans have for the players. The players have for Johnny Petraglia last shot thrown and competition was a strike and they all start hugging him and, and, and you can't help but get teary eyed Phil when you see something like that. Yeah, it was. We had Johnny in the extra frame booth that night after he threw his last shot, and you could just tell, you know, he, he felt the love from the players and the fans here. Uh, Marshall Holman, we had all week long in the extra frame booth. Whenever we took a break, uh, the fans were swarming Marshall for autographs. Uh, so, you know, the respects there, and even with, like I said, with some of the younger uh, crowd, you know, dads are bringing their kids. When dad used to watch when they were in high school, last time we were here, now dads bring the kids along, and hey, I saw him in high school, and and, and they get to talking a bit to some of these older players, and. And it's, it's it's been really neat to see the bowlers of all ages, whether it's, you know, Johnny Petraglia at, at 70 years of age or, or a tournament leader, Jesper Svensson at 22. 
You know, the, 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 the respect from the fans is there. Uh, okay, well, that may be. But on TV, it's not because your, your field today sucks. Uh, outside of Svensson and Belmonte, Andrew Anderson, B.J. Moore, and Matt O'Grady. Oh, goody. This is, you know, what you want for live TV. With all due respect to those three who, are, you know, it's the highlight of their lives or whatever the case may be. I get that. But yeah. looking down the line here, Ronnie Russell isn't a great name either, but at least he's been on TV a bunch of times. He's seventh. That would have been nice. Anthony Simonson's eighth. I would have taken that. Marshall Kent's ninth. Fine. Um, leave it to Beaver is 10th. Uh, Tom Doherty is 11th. Kyle Troop is 12th. EJ Tackett's 13th. Chris Barnes is 14th. I mean, any of those guys would have been better. Well, exactly. And with the format of the tournament this time around, they had a pre-tournament qualifier on Monday that allowed players that had won regional titles or uh, PBA 50 titles to qualify their way into this field. And Andrew Anderson is a quality player in Michigan. He's basically a rookie. His last year, his last year was his first year on tour. Uh, B.J. Moore we've seen a couple of times with the yep. Dallas Strikers in the PBA League. So it's not like B.J. is an unknown entity. We just haven't seen him. Uh, alone, really, on TV. Other oh, wait than a one second. At, the time at the World Series of Bowling. With all due respect to the PBA League, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know for sure what the audience is for PBA League versus what it is for the regular league on ESPN throughout the course of the year. So I really don't know how how many of those people know who BJ Moore is at this point. Yeah, and they'll get a chance to obviously see him bowl today. And uh, the, the the one unknown for a lot of people though is Matthew O'Grady. The only time they've seen him on TV was USA versus the World at the 2016 Geico World Series of Bowling, uh, when he was part of the team, didn't make any other shows, but O'Grady's got a heck of a game. He's the two-time East Regional PBA Player of the Year. Uh, he is involved with pro shops out east, so he doesn't get out to bowl on tour as much as he'd like. And he's kind of the wild card in this whole thing. He threw the ball great all week, but he almost packed his way out of the TV show and position around Friday night, uh, shot a game in the 150s and barely held on uh, to keep Matt Sanders out of the show, who's our reigning PBA Rookie of the Year. And Belmonte had to make a late charge to make the show and get up to third? Well, Belmonte almost missed the top 24 on Thursday. He had to shoot oh. 237 his last game of qualifying, uh, barely held off Frankie Lavoie. If Lavoie would have struck the first ball in the 10th frame, uh, he would have passed Belmonte for 24th and left Belmo on the outside looking in instead of Belmo going for his record-tying 10th ti- uh, major title. Wow, that that is absolutely crazy. Hey, uh, go ahead. You got something? Like- yeah. Um, obviously, two two handers again in the field. Uh, what happened to Kyle Troop? Because they were showing a lot of clips of him during the week, Phil, on on social media, shooting three hundred and then a two ninety nine, and he was working the crowd pretty good, which was obviously exciting for the fans. What ten happened and, to him? Ten and fourteen in match play. I, I will I will tell you what the last eight lanes they used in match play. By the time it got to Friday night, they were just absolutely brutal. And if you could get off those pairs with 200 and a win, it was huge. It was absolutely huge. And unfortunately for Troop, he got to that high end. He struggled a bit, and Belmo got to that high end, and he kept popping up 230s, 240s. Belmo can do things with the bowling ball other players can't do, and it helped him where a lot of other players struggled in the house, and that's what got Belmo up into that top five. Hey, uh, I want to just briefly talk about uh, the TV show last week, Phil. We also have Diane Wellhouse uh, here in studio. We're going to be talking with her uh, throughout the show. Jeff Riggle's coming up in the next segment uh, as well. Is I, I, There was a, a breakthrough uh, last week on the PBA uh, TV show. Sarah Rash was on TV last week. So that was that was a breakthrough. We haven't seen that in a while. Sean Rash grew facial hair, so that was something we haven't seen on TV. 
Sarah yes. Rash is pregnant again. Yes, that's correct. Yep, Sarah Rash is pregnant again. Hey, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Phil. Do you like the way that the that celebrity show is is set up? I, I think they can always tweak it to make it move a little bit faster sometimes, especially with the celebrity shootout portion of it. Right. I like the format of the show though because it shows up what it takes to be a skilled PBA player. And even though you have somebody like Terrell Owens who's really worked on his game, Chris Paul really work on their games when they have time, uh, you just still see the talent level of the PBA players compared to, you know, the, the guys kind of off the street that kind of make it a hobby. And I, I do like the, the doubles format of the show. I think it's a great thing. But, yeah, the, the, the one-ball roll-off kind of thing, I think you can move it a little faster. That'd be the only thing that I would really have a, a you know, change on the show. I hate that aspect of it. That was my one complaint. That thing took forever mm-hmm. and a day. Yeah. That There was no reason. That show could have been an hour and would have been fine versus dragging that thing along two hours. Uh, but I will say this, and I didn't get to see him at the World Series of Bowling, obviously. I was back here, just heard stories from you and Tom Clark and everybody. Mookie Betts is for real. I mean, there is no question that dude could flat out bowl. The best I've seen of anybody that's not on the tour that's come from a celebrity standpoint. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if Mookie had time to work on his game, he would be a solid regional competitor at at a minimum. Uh you know, he only had a couple of weeks to really work on his game before the World Series of Bowling this year and to come out. And, you know, the hardest part for him is reading the lane conditions, reading how things transition because he's bowling at home, it's all house patterns. Right. It doesn't change the way it does in the PBA Tour. So when he got to that one pair at the World Series and Tommy Jones goes, Tommy Jones goes hey, Belmont was on this pair and another high-rev guy was on this pair. You may want to make this big jump to the left. And Tommy got him lined up before they started, but Mookie still had to throw the ball 12 times to get that perfect game. Uh, that everybody saw an extra frame in YouTube. And yeah, Mookie has the talent. It's just a matter of a lot of it's reading what these ladies do out on tour. Right. So this is the deal. So this year for World Series of Bowling, you're going to close your shop down. You're going to go be <laughs> Mookie Betts coach at the World Series of Bowling and get him on a TV show. That's what you're going to do. He'll oh. pay you well. Oh, I'm sure he will. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's sure got a lot of money. Explain to the thousands of people that I take care of that I'm not in the shop, though, locally. Doesn't matter. You'll make so much money, it'll cover up for it. Okay. It'll be fine. You'll, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's, it's not a problem. I thought, uh, Phil, um, I thought it was an entertaining show. I laughed several times during it. I agree at certain points it dragged along. But you could tell that the crowd was into it. But in my opinion, Oscar Nuez, the comedian, he stole the show, especially when he fell purposely over the advertisement billboard. I mean, I just, I laughed out loud. I thought he was hilarious. From what I heard, cameras on, cameras off of Oscar. He was just the life of the the entire show taping. And uh, talking to a couple of guys that were were in on the show, uh, there were were some really, some real belly busters that, Probably couldn't have gotten repeated on air that I've had, but <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely the personality shown for him on TV. I was pretty impressed. Uh, tell me this: they said Ariza was like a fill-in last second or something. So who did he fill in for? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, they taped that back in November, so uh, they actually they actually taped that uh, right after the World Series of Bowling. Yeah, because they said Ariza so was a last-second uh, replacement. He actually, I mean, he just throws that little junk straight ball or whatever it may be that you would see somebody that's never bowled throw. And he was actually all right with it, threw a strike or whatever, did hung in there, did okay. So, yeah, that was pretty impressive. All right, Phil, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'll talk to you next Sunday. Uh, Indianapolis PBA 60th Anniversary Championship uh, next Sunday on ESPN and a big day next Saturday uh, for us on Extra Frame. We have the PBA League Draft at 930 Central Time uh, coming to you live right from Woodland Bowl. And then uh, – 
Saturday evening at 5 p.m. East, uh, 5 p.m. Central Time, uh, the PBA Hall of Fame induction ceremony and the PBA 60th anniversary celebration. Chris Barnes and Ron Moore, two players going into the Hall of Fame this year. So who's your take for today for TOC winner? Jesper. I think I think Jesper holds off uh, Belmo in the championship. Man, yeah, I think it'll be Belmo. What a shocker. Yeah. If those two aren't in the finals, that that will be the, the story of the yes. weekend. If those two aren't I mean, in the finals, the the only advantage that Anderson has is he can play the, the outside part of the lane, part of the right, better than a lot of the other righties can, and that he used to his advantage all week long. If something gets torn up in the middle of the lane during practice, Anderson might be able to jump back out right during the TV show, and you know, that could be the X factor for him to get him to his uh, first national title. Awesome. All right, Phil. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Sparky. Thanks. There is Phil Brylo on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're looking for a simple, convenient pre-approval process for your new home, construction, or renovation loan, call Great Midwest Bank. Committed to providing uniquely tailored, common-sense mortgage products since 1935. We'll talk with Jeff Riggles from 11thFrame.com coming up momentarily. But I said in-house was Diane Wellhouse joining us here on the Castle Lake Spare Time Bowling Show. Uh, so I texted Dwight last night, and I said, hey, uh, just so you know, we have Diane Wellhouse on. And then I said, Dwight, the article that Mike McGivern sent me about you, and to which you said, oh, I already know who she is. I know Diane very well, and I said I don't want to turn the show into the walking wounded, but we've both been through hip, <laughs> hip replacement surgeries. But Diane had it before they even had the word hip replacement. So You had it before it was popular. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Now yeah. seemingly everybody is having experimental it. Experimental years, right? Yeah. So what did you? What did you? Because you were really accomplished bowler. Mm-hmm. I mean, from an early age, right? Yes. So how early were you accomplished? Uh probably about twenty-two. Twenty-two. Were you doing like Team USA stuff? Or yeah, I yeah. was on Team USA in nineteen ninety-two. Okay. And uh, I was dabbling on the uh, ladies' tour and the regional tour at that time as well. That was the the last ladies' tour before this one. For those listening, Correct. that. Yes. There was a big time where there was no ladies tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, I don't, the only reason I never went on tour, I trained to go on tour for about four years. And the only reason I didn't go was because the United States Bowling Congress offered me a job. So they just bought you off. Pretty much. So at that time. Uh, and that's uh, when it was locally here. Yes. In Greenfield. Yeah. Right. And I was I was in town doing something for Team USA. We were having a class here and uh, the coaches approached me and said, you know, the ladies tour is struggling a little bit. Have you thought about a career in, in the office instead? And I said no. And they literally took me from the bowling center to headquarters right there in my bowling clothes and stood me in front of the executives and said, this is your girl. And two weeks later, I was on staff. So what were you doing? What did you do? I got into tournaments there. So I started with the Young American Bowling Alliance as an assistant tournament manager. I was there for 10 years. And when wow. I left, I was the director of collegiate bowling. You know, I'm going to follow up. Oh, yeah. What, why did you leave? Was it big? They didn't move at that point yet. No, right? they were working they were on still it, there. though. Oh, yeah. were, so you knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Um, I went through the merger when, you know, we had, we right. obviously we went through the merger and stuff, and we knew that there were bigger changes coming. Um, I just left for personal reasons. I was married at the time, looking to start a family. I was traveling a ton being the director of collegiate bowling. I imagine. Um, I was on the road every two weeks somewhere. Um, so just to kind of back off the travel a little bit and, and focus more on family, I decided to change careers. You know, one thing that we always talk about, and there's lots I want to talk to you about, so I have no fear about that. But the, the one thing that is something for me that I, I, I guess I get a little um, worried about, and we've talked about it before on the air, is how colleges kind of find bowlers. 
and how that process all really works. You know, if if you're in high school um, and you do want to bowl collegially or whatever else, you know, are they going to find me? Are, am I going to be found? What do I have to do? Because, like, say in baseball, there's a million different, you know, tournaments you can get into, travel ball you can get into. There's um, these perfect game things, which is an organization that you travel all around the country, get into. They have your profiles online, the whole deal. All these colleges get it. So that I know, and my kids involved in that, colleges will see that. That's it's a lock stock, a lock stock deal. But for bowling to me, it seems it's like almost more hit and miss. And to a certain degree, you almost have to, I don't know, send your own tapes out and kind of promote yourself a little bit more than you do on other sports. Absolutely. And that, that really hasn't changed from my day when I was looking to go into collegiate bowling. There's Unless you're doing things like Junior Team USA, getting yourself and bowling in some other national or regional type youth tournaments where you might be able to get more recognized, it's still a really tough thing. Nobody's coming out and really overly scouting youth players at the high school level. Why? Great question. Well, you know, for they're doing more so for women because, you know, women is is an NCAA sport. The guys aren't yet, you know, and that's probably never going to happen. So, you know, from the women's side, there's probably a little bit more scouting going on than there is from the men's side because even though they're organized programs, a lot of them are just considered club. So then, like, Wichita and stuff like that, they're pretty much going from what? What are How are they finding their talent? Great question how they're finding their talent. It's local a lot of times, and it's those students that are all participating in regional and other national events and yes, yeah, sending tapes. If, if you are a good player, sending resume tapes, getting yourself out there and known has to happen. I think also that they have had that name for so many years that if you're an upcoming high school to mm-hmm. college bowler and you want to get on a national team, that's one of the first colleges that comes to your mind. All the girls from New Berlin last right. year, um, two years ago, two of them went to Robert Morris, very established school. Yep. Uh, a lot of pros came from that school. Uh, now this last year, two more graduated. They are now all rooming together down in Chicago at Robert Morris. We've had them in studio. So they continued their friendship from the high school level now to the college level. Right. But if you're on the boys' side, you really have to audition yourselves as much as anything else, right? And I would Pretty say it's like table. anything, too. If you've had you know fellow high school students go there, they know you're an up-and-coming player, I'm sure there's that word-of-mouth thing that Absolutely. happens, too, that says, hey, Johnny back home is a stellar Chain player. Recruiting. Yep, right. he's graduating next year. You want to check him out. Yeah, that's a great point. She is Diane Wellhouse. He is White Albrecht of the Spare Tie Pro Shop in New Berlin. Coming up next, Jeff Riggles of 11thFrame.com. We'll Speak to him straight ahead here on the Castle Lanes Spare Time Bowling Show. From the local lanes to the PBA Tour, bowling fans, welcome to the Castle Lanes Spare Time Bowling Show, presented by the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Associates. Now, here's your host, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Castle Lanes Spare Time Bowling Show here on The Fan. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Dwight Albert, and of course, Diane Wellhouse singing in studio with us this week. She's got a big event. Outside of bowling next weekend, we'll get her thoughts on that. Coming up next weekend, it's not going to do with Roy Butler. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll find out where Leroy is next weekend, I guess. Joining us now is Jeff Riggles from 11thFrame.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. What's going on, Jeff? Not much. I've been listening in here. Hi, Diane. How you doing? And uh, aren't we all excited for this show today? 
Yeah, we should be, right? Um, hey, this is history. It's potentially huge history for bowling. Yes, if Belmonte wins. Right. <laughs> right. If if O'Grady wins, nobody cares. If, if those other two guys win or Anderson wins or whatever, nobody cares. Look, I, I, I'm not – you have a – Don't we need young players to uh, come in and start winning? Everybody's got to win and stop. make their first appearance. Don't stop. We, we've got enough young guys. you got a whole cast of young guns on, this, on the PBA Tour right now. When I have big shows, I need big stars. That's what I need. We had Kyle Troop on this show. I said, dude, you need to be on TV. You need to get a Twitter account. You need all this stuff and go again. So here's an opportunity to be on TV, live show, go do it. And obviously he's not there. That's what they need. They haven't had Sean Rash in a meaningful spot in forever. That has to get back to happening. Otherwise, some of these other guys, like Svensson, has stepped up and done his deal. Other guys have to step up. Oh, yeah, I would agree 100%. Uh, but, you know, you do have Belmo for history, and you got to say Jesper has established himself now. He, him, EJ, and Belmo, there's probably your top three right now in the in the world. Talking with Jeff Riggles uh, here of Extra Frame or of uh, 11thFrame.com. Let's talk about PBA viewership. You have an article up at 11thFrame.com uh, talking about that. How is it stacked up this year versus years past? Well, it's been pretty, pretty fascinating, and it's really complicated. Um, if you look at the, the story I wrote at 11thframe.com, and Tom Clark and I had a long discussion about this uh, a couple Sunday mornings ago, maybe three weeks ago, just all the cord cutting and the, the people watching it on YouTube and delayed and different. You know, everyone talks about, well, you got to watch live. I want to watch live. It doesn't matter if I can't watch it live. Well, you can watch it live if you have ESPN uh, the Watch ESPN app if you have DirecTV or something like that. But yet, hardly anybody takes advantage of that, and yet hundreds of thousands of people watch the show, um, you know, when it comes on tape, all these World Series of Bowling shows. And it just tells you that, you know, I, it tells you a lot of different things, but mostly it tells you that there's just a lot of people that love to watch bowling and don't really care if they have to if they watch it live. They might not even know that it that this isn't live for a lot of those people. It's it's just fascinating numbers, and uh, you know, today we have everything we want in the next three weeks here with live shows at noon, no NFL. We'll see what the numbers are. Numbers were, were pretty consistent so far this year for the World Series compared to last year. Why is that, Jeff? Why do you? Th- what's your opinion on why people don't want to? do the app or extra frame if they are really bowling fans? Well, I, I think that there are a lot of people that love to watch bowling, but they don't need, need to watch it. You know, it's not like I need to, I can't, I have to watch this live or it's not useful for me. It's not like watching a Packer game or something. If you, who, who watches Packer games taped unless you can't see it and you want to watch it taped or you're a real right. nut that breaks games down or something. But with bowling, you know, we have so little mainstream news coverage of bowling that I think a huge number of those people that watch the PBA shows that are taped don't even know they're not live. They don't know the results. Now, the real hardcore people do know that do know the results and those are probably the few thousand people that are watching on the watch ESPN app or you know uh, ESPN3.com when those shows are on live uh, when they happen but for most people you know they'd probably turn that on and go hey bowling's on I love watching bowling I don't and they don't even know who won so to them it is effectively live okay so unless you listen to this show for the last several years where we went out to the world series of bowling out there for all the tapings and then we kind of told you that it was taped. 
it doesn't say on the actual broadcast that it's taped. I mean, it does yeah. not say recorded <laughs> earlier a month ago or two months ago. It, it doesn't say. So, uh, again, unless you have a bowling show in your community or you live on on Facebook or hang out in forum uh, message boards or whatever, there's no way to know the difference one way or the other. So the people that complain about that are the uh, diehard uh, geeks uh, that are trying to find the results and everything else and feel like it gets spoiled and all of that. My, my response to them is, you're not going anywhere. So with all due respect, I really don't care about you. All, all I care about is how do I get the 13- and 14-year-old who bowls mm-hmm. in league to watch my show on Sunday at noon, to get mom and dad to watch my show on, on Sunday at noon? How do I get the high school bowler who is bowling in high school team play on Sunday morning to come home and watch the PBA Sunday afternoon. How do I get those people? That's who I care about. If you're 60, 65 years old and you're telling me how it was being in the 70s, I don't really, I'm not going to listen to you. Sorry, Dwight. I'm not going to listen to you because it's not relevant. Because with all due respect, you guys are going to be out of the mix here. I I need this next generation to help carry this sport forward. That's who I care about. So if these kids have an idea of what it takes to get them to watch, and so far, last time I checked, Jeff, they're all over social media. I mean, PBA's on Twitter, Tom Clark's on Twitter, the bowlers are on Twitter from what I see. I'm not a Facebook guy. But from a Twitter standpoint, they're all over. Instagram, I'm not sure how popular they are on Instagram. But then the extra frame thing, again, social media. Plus, they have all the shows backed up now for YouTube and all that other stuff. I think they're doing everything they can do from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah. If you want to watch it live, they're all live that are the ESPN shows. If you're a hardcore, you can watch them live. For everybody else, there's a million different ways to watch them. It's amazing, these numbers. There are some of these old shows on YouTube um, that have more than a million views, and those aren't people that just casually come across it. You have to go out and search for it to find it to watch a, a PBA show on YouTube. It's not like you turn on your TV, oh, it's on ESPN and there's bowling. These are people who are true hardcore, I guess, fans is what you would call them, hardcores, because they're, they're spending time to go find it on YouTube and watch it on their computer, perhaps casted to a TV. But, but I mean, these get the World Series shows all have over 100,000 views already on YouTube. So that's not really something that maybe gets measured by advertisers and Nielsen and that. But, boy, it's out there. I mean, that's, that's, there's still a really large you number know, of people that like to watch bowling. You ever, you, you ever listen to a Brewer game, Jeff? Sure. So you, you you've heard uh, the numerous announcers they have in Euchre. How much? How many sponsor reads do you think they do? How many what? Sponsor reads. Sponsor reads. Oh, <laughs> you hear you hear plenty. That's for sure. Right. Everything is sponsored at a Brewer game. Everything. Oh yeah. So why in the world would it be different if you're the PBA tour? If the 11th, if I almost said your website, they can promote your website too. But if extra frame is your deal, then why wouldn't you just hammer it the entire show? Like, yeah, they've mentioned it a little bit, not near as much as they probably Coming out of every break. Hey, uh, if you want to see what qualifying was like, check it out. 11thframe.com. Subscription is only this much. Middle of that segment, hit it again in between shots. Going into the segment, hit it again. Going into the next break. I mean, they should always be hitting it. Or during a during like a live show like today, do a flash sale. Hey, if you sign up today, get it at half off for the first year or whatever the case is. 
because they own that hour. They can do whatever they want with that hour with those announcers on TV. They control the content. So if they want Dave Lamont to promote it pretty much the whole time and not even talk about the play-by-play guys, he's got to do what they say. So from that perspective, I think that's kind of wasting an opportunity a little bit. I would agree 100%. You know, and Tom Clark has said many times that right now Extra Frames a little under 10,000 subscribers. Last I uh, had checked, he said if they could get to between 50,000 and 100,000, they could really begin to look at uh, making enough money off of Extra Frame because you would draw advertisers into it, not to mention the subscription fees, which aren't really much, like five bucks a month basically. You could draw enough. You get over 50,000, you draw, start drawing advertisers and all that. And then you start getting enough money where you can start talking about making a real tour again, which is everyone's goal, including Tom's. And that's where, where are these hardcore bowling fans that say they want to watch bowling and they can't put up five bucks a month to really, they, they have the, we have the power to change the PBA by doing that. Five can, bucks I ask a month you, can, and, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So is it about the $5 a month or is it about how many subscribers you have to take to advertisers? No, it's it's more from what Tom has explained to me. There's like a, a a point at which it's sort of a tipping point where you get enough where then you can sell advertising. Okay, and you can make enough money off it. I think right. it's more it, about that than, than okay. just five bucks a month. So tell me where I'm wrong here. So if that's the case, so like for your website, you have to go to leftframe.com, pay for your website. You have to put your email address in and your password, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can sign up. Okay, so. If it's just about the subscribers and it's not necessarily about the body, obviously money is good. Why wouldn't you just cut a deal with the youth bowling leagues of this country and be like, hey, if you're a youth bowling league, you get a free subscription to Extra Frame. Here you go. And you're in. And, you know, what's your what's your chart 18 or whatever, if you're not in a youth league, uh, then you have to pay. But if you get into Extra Frame as a youth, you get it. Just think of all those kids that are going to sponsor or get signed up that are going to tell other people about it. Wouldn't that make sense? I mean, mm-hmm. I know you're not getting the $5 a pop. I get that. But if this is about fifty to to 100000 to get subscribers and all you have to do to verify that you have it is show views and show email addresses or whatever the case may be, wouldn't that work? Well, that's good questions for Tom to answer there. I obviously that's all great stuff for sure. Do you know that uh, they have a deal with BPAA um, where every bowling center, it's a BPA center, which is most of them, um, they have extra frame if they want it free. And so you could sit there Chromecasting it or whatever you call it at all these bowling centers. But huh. when you go into a bowling center, do you see that up there? During Not the week? one. Dwight, so I got homework for you. When you go back today, find out if y'all have it. And then ask why you don't That's broadcast. I, I just had to pick up the jaw off the table, my jaw off the table here, Jeff, because I never even heard of that. And I don't think there's one center. I said to a customer yesterday, they better put TOC on today during city tournament at New Berlin. Right. Yeah. I Otherwise, yeah, I'll be strangling some today. necks. Yeah, there's just. Yeah. Nah. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that because I think Tom talked about that when they made the go bowling deal. Um, that one of the things they were doing as part of that was that uh, they'd give extra frame. Uh, free to any to, through BPA, any center that wants it, so that they can show it in the bowling centers. And that's get eyeballs on it. It's a promotional thing. Now the, Everybody walks in there. The, oh, I got to get this at home. The key to what you just said is if anybody wants it. So my follow-up to that is, so A, do the bowling centers know about it? Then they have to reach out to the PBA tour? 
Or did the PBA Tour send a letter in the mail saying, if you want it, here's your username and password to sign in? Uh, I do not know. But because I know if you're asking them. be part of the Go Bowling and right. through, through BPA. What I'm saying is if they have to call back or do anything like that, well, then it's over. Then you have, that's just not going to happen. Hey, I got to run. We're, sorry. I know you want to talk <laughs> some more, Dwight. We got to go. Oh, we have Diane fine. Wellhouse here. Yeah. I don't want to waste your time. All right. Uh, on the Great Midwest Bank Highlight, he is Jeff Riggles. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. It's always fun. Always a thanks, pleasure, Jeff. Sparky. Anytime. Take care. There he is, Jeff Riggles. 11thframe.com uh, has a story up right now talking about uh, some new uh, renovations coming out uh, in Nevada uh, to the stadium, uh, doing some stadium upgrades out there. So make sure to check that out. If you're looking for a simple, convenient pre-approval process for your new home construction or renovation loan, call Great Midwest Bank, committed to providing uniquely tailored common sense mortgage products since 1935. All right, like I said, Diane Wellhouse is here. We'll get her thoughts when we just talk to Jeff Riggles about coming up next. Welcome back. Castle Light Spare Time Bowling Show here on The Fan. Steve Sparky Fiver, Dwight Albert. Diane Wellhouse here as well. And Diane, what, what is your official title with Mary? I'm the executive director. That's good, because there were a lot of letters next to your name. I had no idea what they meant. <laughs> it's like C, D, F, W, something, something, something. I'm like, the alphabet. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. I, I was like, I'll just ask her. Uh, okay, so Mary Home Improvement Show coming up next weekend. It is. It's the uh, largest home improvement show in the country. We have over 250 exhibitors, 550 booth spaces. Starts on Thursday at noon, goes through Sunday at 5. And where is it at? It's at State Fair Park in the Exposition Center. Can't miss us. How much does it cost to get in? $10 in advance if you go to milwaukeenary.org to buy tickets or $12 at the door. And you have special guests there throughout as well? We do. We have folks like Lil Melinda Myers, easy for me to oh, say this I early in the her. morning. Yeah, the plant She's doctor. She's in here all the time. Yep, so we have her. We have Leroy Butler you were talking about earlier. Yeah. He does a cooking demonstration. <laughs> yeah, mac and cheese probably. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we also have uh, Nick, the construction guru. He comes out and talks about how to work with a contractor, what you're looking for in terms oh, of. That's a good uh, idea. Yeah, so you know what the contract should say and how to find a contractor. Um, we have other cooking demonstrations by other local chefs and things too. So there's always something going on that. Whether you're there to actually find a contractor or not, there's a lot of cool things to, to experience, see, feel, touch, and do all day long. Can I make just an announcement for the future? My wife does not get excited over much, but and there's a quick wife story here, but she absolutely is glued to HGTV. Yeah, me too. Okay? And she is absolutely in love with the two twin property brothers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's taken a couple students from MSOE down to some conference, and I'm having dinner with my daughter at Texas Roadhouse, and she's sending me all the messages that she ran into the Property Brothers. Well, of course, my daughter and I are typing back, get your picture taken with them, get your picture taken, because this, this is your one chance. Okay. No, she goes and gets all the students' pictures taken with them. That's that's my wife. So if you ever get the Property <laughs> Brothers up, I can guarantee you that we got to get a picture with my wife uh, with them. So i got to tell you a story now. Having to do with our Nary radio show <clears throat> on this station. Mm-hmm. So Mike McGivern hosts it, mm -hmm. okay? So this was a couple of years ago, I guess. Mike's like, hey, I think I might have to have you fill in, da-da-da-da-da. So I thought it was for whatever week I thought it was for. I don't even know what it was. So I started going, well, okay, well, I don't know anybody, right? And I didn't know that Mike was going to get me guests or whatever. So I start working through social media to get guys to come on. So Chip Gaines and I were direct messaging mm -hmm. back and forth from Fixer Upper, and then the property brother, I forgot which one, Drew, 
He was DMing me with me, so he and I were going back and forth. And then, you know, his younger brother, whoever is in charge of the show, most of the shows on that channel. So I was kind of working at all this. So I go and I tell the giver, I'm like, so dude, so I got this, this, this. No, man, it's you get married, guys, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's that's how I was like devastated. I was like, dang, I could have had Chip Gaines on the show or whatever the case may be. Because like shows like that, seen Joanna, like Fixer Upper, right? They're nary members. She's, oh, yeah, yeah, she's pregnant. Bring her in. Yeah. She's pregnant. That's the, the show's yeah, the show's done. And she's fifth. pregnant. They're having another kid. Yeah. Um, they have four so, already, don't they? Yeah, this yeah, they're Yep. So that like I watch that show all the time. Property mm-hmm. Brothers, all that stuff. And I would have to imagine when they go places and they do shows, that has got to be crazy big. Oh, there's yeah, right. Yeah, the Property Brothers. Base. And we've tried to bring them into our shows. They're a lot of money to bring. Oh, in. I can imagine. Yeah, they're yeah. they're a little bit out of uh, my budget range <laughs> at the they moment. Know, they so, know but... what they draw. I mean, right. it's like bringing uh, in a top comedian versus a second tier comedian. If you bring Kevin Harted, you're going to pay through the nose, but you're, he's going to sell out your stadium. Right. I mean, and and that's why they're bringing him into Milwaukee for the show. Uh, okay, so you do that. Uh, on the side, how much are you into bowling still uh, after the hip surgery and everything else? Have you only had one? I've had three. Holy cow. So my first one was when I was 28. They uh, reconstructed my hip with my own bone. And they really didn't know what they were doing at that point still? Uh, well, there they did. I mean, that was that was strategically done because I was so young and I couldn't have a hip replacement because at my age, I would have wore through mm-hmm. a hip replacement within five to eight years. So they literally went in and took my bones apart, reconstructed them, brought new cartilage into my hip socket, and um, that was my first surgery. So did they blame it that it was uh, something with uh, your genes, or was it did they blame it on the bowling? Um, you know, that's a great question. We had a lot of debate about that because we all carried the arthritic gene. It's right. just a matter of when it's going to show itself. Um, and for me, being in that hip... If I pushed my doctors for an answer, they went 18 years of pounding my foot into a foul line because they had no other explanation. Right. It was sort of that rare thing that happens to someone of my well, none age. of your friends had it? Nope. Okay, well, that, that doesn't work then. So it, so then you had the first one at what, 28? 28, and when they did that one, they put anybody a, in their 20s that has, mm-hmm. has hip surgery. Oh, it was bad. And then I had a steel bracket put into whole— a steel bracket? Yeah, I had an L bracket with six bolts that went through <laughs> my leg to hold it together. Um, and then about a year and a half later, we took that out. But doing that because the You could have got an airplane. <laughs> I, I had trouble. Oh, um, my God. They Because they, they took those bolts out, and they were so close together, it was like comparable to having a broken leg. So it was right. eight weeks of recovery there two and then 17 years later um, that all finally wore away as well which I was blessed they had no idea how long my existing bone structure would last so I was truly blessed 17 years later and finally then had my first hip replacement and I feel like a million bucks mm-hmm. well that's good yeah, three hip too. surgeries so how's your other hip awesome no issues no, I have no issues anywhere else and now with the hip replacement I, good. I have no issues anywhere and how long is this supposed to last 20 years so probably when I'm about 65, I'm going to have to do this again. Go back and do it again. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, that's not too bad. You're not su- you're not like 85 where they can't do it anymore and you're stuck. Right. Yeah. So that's good. That One of my customers uh, is still bowling. Uh, his name's Johnny's in the late 80s. And, and he uh, recently with his left knee, and he came in just this week and told me that uh, he went to their seminar again a year later, but he was one of the early uh, candidates that, and it's not covered on insurance yet in our country, other countries it is, um, with the way that the FDA is up here. But he, he had actually the stem cell injection oh. where, where they actually inject the placenta from the woman, pregnant woman, 
and it regrows cartilage. And so that now they're, it, it was only at that time just available in, in the knee, and he's now seeing hips and backs, and they're expanding it. And, and so that could be our next wave of the future versus replacement, but I, I was right there with you. So 2008, I had both my hips replaced, and mm-hmm. oh, they're obviously blaming it on the bowling. Sure. But that summer, I, one of my bucket lists was always to see Rush, my, oh, yeah. my favorite. Neil so, Pert. Yep. Drummer. Yep. Yeah, so I never saw them in their their prime, so they, they came to Marcus, and, and, of course, that was a nice present to myself because I just went through a lot of trauma with double hip replacement. So, well, it was a Saturday night at Summerfest, and so, obviously, security is at, at its max, and I completely forgot that I just had my hips replaced, and I get wanded, and the guy wants me to empty my pockets while they're already empty. <laughs> Right, you know where I'm going with this. And I'm just like, oh, that's right. I had both hips replaced, and I start cracking up laughing. Well, there was no smile on his face. Nope. So. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun at all. No, I'll pass on that stuff. That's just, that's crazy stuff. So so you're bowling again then? Yeah, better than ever. Better than ever. Oh, I feel great. My legs are strong again. I can I can fully function, get down, bend. Full yeah, deal. so. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. That's a great story. That's a great story that you were actually able to come through it. I, I want to get your thoughts on where women's bowling is today versus maybe where it was when you were attempting to do the tour versus where the tour is. Sure. The second sure. version of it is it is now. Do that straight ahead. Castle Light, Spare Time Bowling Show. C. Sparky Pfeiffer, Dwight Albert, Diane Wellhouse. Check out her Nary Home Improvement Show coming up next week at State Fair Park. $10 in advance. How did they get the tickets? MilwaukeeNary.org. Very simple. Very, very simple. Uh, so make sure to do that. All right. Uh, so obviously, back in the day, you were talking about getting on, on the tour. Things didn't allow. So tour now comes back all these years later. Where do you think uh, women are now in bowling versus maybe where they were you know, 20 years ago? Well, I think the fact that it's become an NCAA sport has really helped continue to keep women's bowling alive across the country. Um, you know, creates that recognition and the scholarships that are out there. And, and just being inside of that whole professional athletic arena really changes the game on a sport. So feeder program going from, you know, high school bowling today, although not easy as we know even sure. to get into the NCAA level to get recruited, but the high school programs are there. The college programs are there. The tour is back. So for at least for the ladies, I think there's some opportunity to keep this alive and thriving. You know, it's funny because when that tour went away, we always talked about that. Man, I mean, there's, I mean, you get done bowling in college and then that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. they they still allow women to bowl uh, on the PBA tour, and they always will. If you want to compete against the men, try and get on on the TV show, and we've seen that obviously occur this year. Um, because there are a lot of really, really, really good women bowlers. Just there are like there are a lot of really good men bowlers. But now to have your own league, uh, to where you can make your own money, uh, if you don't want to go try and compete against the guys on the PBA tour, to have that still be there, and I kind of compare it to maybe it's unfair to the WNBA tour, mm-hmm. where before that was created, once you're done playing college basketball, you had to go play in Europe or you were done. Uh, and once that was created, that allowed wide open opportunity that was never there before. I think it's a great deal. Now, I don't know how profitable it is, but I think um, the longer it goes, the better chances it has mm-hmm. of being profitable, Dwight. Absolutely. Um, I, I took all the shows over the summer, and I put them on a thumb drive, and I play them in the shop when I open, 
Um, so we have some TV at least on the t- on our our TV in our shop. Guy comes in yesterday and he goes, "Is that live?" I said, "No, this is the the summer uh, series that the ladies had." And he, this is his ex- exact words. Oh, I, I I missed that one. I typically never miss any of them. So I, I'd be more curious to know what the viewership numbers are between the men and the women uh, tours. Okay. But I, I I have all of them on all the shows over the summer on, on a thumb drive, and I play them in the shop every day. Okay, but now I'm gonna I'm gonna bust you out. So don't don't get mad at me. Diana didn't even know about extra frame at all. Nope. Okay. She bowls. Bowling Geek? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Bowling Geek <laughs> didn't know that it existed about Extra Frame. Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. If she didn't know about Extra Frame, how many people do you think know about the women's tour in this country? Correct. But I also think in I'm the just same saying that, that that is, to me, that speaks volumes when you have a diehard, hardcore bowler and that has done it her whole life and at a high level that doesn't know that even existed. That talks to me about brand awareness, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, sort of, promote that on the TV show, like once or whatever it is. The women's tour, when does that get promoted? Mm-hmm. When the woman makes a TV show, then they maybe promote it? But outside of that, how often does that get promoted on a TV show, Dwight? Yeah. But I think that's relevant to all women's sports. I don't- okay, but whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Time out. That's not fair. And it's not fair because the PBA is not at the level of the NBA. No. Nope. That so, in the MLB not have a female version. The NFL doesn't have well. There's female football, but it's not affiliated with the NFL. So that's not affiliated either. In this instance here, they both work off of each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. In this instance here, somebody watching To play or Randy Moss or whatever on the Hall of Fame. I could be wrong, but most women don't go. Oh, I could do what he did. Not necessarily. But if you watch PBA and you watch, maybe not Belmonte, Svensson or whoever, somebody else or one of these other three guys that are on TV today, watch them bowl, and you're like, man, I throw, you know, I'm a pretty good bowler, like 200 or whatever the case may be. So I think it's easier to see yourself bowling, right, on a tour and competing versus watching the NFL or watching something else where you know it's it's not a thing. I'm just saying... From a promotional standpoint, I don't think, like other things, that there's it's a it's done very well. I, I just I think that's an issue that they have to figure out how to do a better job of. I still think though that CBS and that's, Sports and that's Network USBC, is, right? As much as anything, nobody watches CBS Sports Network. That's the problem. Nobody watches very that. Very few network. people actually in their. Like direct TV, even have that ability to get that channel unless it's you're and paying just, extra for it for the sports package, right? If you just look at ESPN versus Fox, Fox Sports One, you take these big personalities, yes. like Skip Bayless, right? Shannon Sharp, and these guys, uh, and all those guys, and you bring them from ESPN where their numbers were gigantic, and then you put them on Fox Sports One, you're like, wow, yeah, nobody's watching. You, how you go from a, a million or so is. people yep. to a hundred thousand people. 75,000 people, you're like, what happened? Right. Well, nothing happened. Just nobody watches those channels outside of ESPN. They're such a dominant force. Yep. So when you go, well, we're on CBS. Well, we're on TV. Well, okay, but you're up against it. I mean, you're totally up against it because there's not Smaller a lot of people market. watching. Yep. It would be different if you said, okay, we're always going to be on this day, this time, 
year round. This is going to be our channel and we're going to hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, hammer it. But you don't. You float from network to network to extra frame to network to network to extra frame. And we're kind of all over the place. But now, if you're a junkie, you always have a way to watch everything. Like, that's, that's the me. PBA does an amazing job, better than anybody else I've ever seen, as far as being able to let you see everything they do. Yes. Including the draft uh, for the PBA League and everything else. Tom Clark has done a phenomenal job yes. in, in growing the PBA Tour. He really has. Diane, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having I'm, me. I'm sorry I talked so much. <laughs> well, maybe see you at the show again this year. My wife and I are planning on going. going back. Yeah. yeah, we saw her one year. Yep, yeah, I'll be a there. A couple years ago. Beautiful. Um, All right, so again, Nary Home Improvement Show coming up uh, next weekend. State Fair Park. Get your tickets now. Enjoy the rest of your day. Talk to you next Wendy's Big Show tomorrow afternoon at 2. Toodles.